Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Pray, and I sort of learn to say acapella my own style, and it doesn't fit the notes. And so, if I don't fit the notes, don't worry about it. I'm going to try. It's a lot higher than I normally try to sing. We're going to do it anyway, somehow. So, yeah, I'm going to get some. Just memories. 
And I can sit and remember when I was a little child at your home. The things that were taught me by their example, they're precious to remember. I remember my church where I was converted, the church where I was ordained, and the church that I pastored, all the same church. But I remember the other churches that I have been a part of and so many dear people that over the years I can recall and time to time have contact with. And it's good that we can look back in our lives and see those good things in our family, our friends, our loved ones, our church. As you young ones grow older, this church will become precious to you more than it is now. Some of you will remember that this is where you found the Lord. And it will always have a precious spot in your heart. You will remember the old folk who were here and who have gone on the testimony that they gave, those are so precious, but there are other things that I want to talk about tonight that are more precious than all of those. I want us to remember the Lord. I want you to go back with me, if you will, in your mind and heart to some times in the life of Christ that you remember. I want to tell you five of them that I remember. I don't know if they would be your precious memories or not, but they're mine. I wasn't there when the Lord was upon earth, but I remember. Because it was taught to me in his word what he did. And when he was there, I was there. Because even before I was conceived, my Lord knew that I would be. My Lord knew that when he went to the cross, that he was going for Jim Sheets. He was going for you before you were ever born. So you were there. And we can read of those experiences that he had and remember what he did for us. The first one that I would like to call to your attention is his temptation in the wilderness. Remember when he was there? Just after his baptism. Some of you have said to me, shortly after your baptism, when you went through terrible trials, temptation, the Lord dealing with you, and the devil dealing with you, and it looked like the devil was going to win out. The Lord went through the same thing. He was just baptized, and he went out into the desert, and there he was for 40 days and 40 nights. And he experienced, for you and for me, all of the things that Satan could throw. 
but he didn't yield. And that's the difference between the Lord and us. We don't have that limitless capacity, and sometimes we fail. As Christian people, we fail. We've got to realize that we do that. We must acknowledge the fact that we're sinners. And although we're sinners saved by grace, nevertheless we're sinners. And we will not always be right. We will say and do those things which are wrong. And then when it has happened, there comes over us an attitude of remorse. Why, oh, why did I say that? Did I do that? Did I think that? We can go to the Lord. This is something that non-Christian people can't do. We can go to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of the sins that I've now committed. The non-Christian can only pray one prayer of forgiveness. That is, Lord, forgive me of my sins and save my soul. But for the daily forgiveness of sins, a non-Christian has no place to go. The Lord cannot forgive a single sin in a non-Christian's life. He must forgive the sin of his life and save his soul, and then he can begin to forgive the daily sins. We're in that capacity. With our sins being washed away and our souls being made acceptable to God, in this capacity, we can come and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. And he will understand and forgive because he has already had the experience. He knows, even before we experience it, what it will be like. For he suffered it in the wilderness. He knows we're weak. He says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Listen, if there is anything about the Lord that I want to remember, it's to remember that he'll never, never, never leave me. He will never leave me stranded out here when I have committed my sin. He will never condemn me without being willing at our request to forgive me for you. Never leave me. I remember him there in the wilderness, undergoing those temptations. When I said, Lord, I don't know if you understand what I'm going through. He comes back and says, Lord, yes, yeah, I do. I already experienced it. Let's remember the Lord's temptation in the wilderness that made it possible for him to understand our weaknesses, our frailties. Let's remember it. Secondly, in that little ship on the little sea, when with his disciples he got on the boat and they were going across to the other side, the Lord was tired and he went down into the bottom of the ship and found himself something to sleep upon and he went to sleep. In the midst of all of this See, and the disciples trying to row across to the other side, a tremendous storm came up. And the Lord slept right on. 
disciples began to unload to unload the boat and throw things over that it might be lighter because they were taking on water. And finally they came to the Lord and they said, Master, the tempest is raging, the, the waves are drawing nigh. Carest thou not that we perish? Why dost thou last me? Have you ever done that? When the storms of life come, and it seems as if the Lord is unconcerned about what we're going through with, we start crying out, Lord, why can't you help me? Why are you asleep somewhere? And the Lord gets up like he did in that ship, looks at the waves, says, Peace. Be still. The waves subsided. The sea was calm at the command of the master of the sea. They obey his will. Peace. Be still. There's a hymn that we sing. Take your burden to the Lord. Leave it there. Did you hear the emphasis? Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Don't carry it. Because he does care in the storms of life what we're going through with. There is a hymn entitled It Is Well With My Soul written by H.G. Spafford I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he was an Englishman. He had, came to, he had come to the United States by himself and left his wife and two daughters in England. And after he was established here, he sent for them. They came over on one of the following uh, sailboats. Partway across the ocean, a great storm came up and beat upon that ship and sank. Every soul on board was lost. His wife and his two daughters went down to their grave in the sea. Some time later, he made a trip back by ship to England, and he said to the captain of the ship that he was on, when you get to that place in the ocean where the ship went down with my wife and my two daughters, I want you to tell me. When it came time, the captain of the ship said to Mr. Spafford, we're there. This is where it happened. He went to the rail of the ship and he penned these words. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows, like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, the trials should come, let this bliss assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin is not in part but in whole 
is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. My Lord, haste the day when faith shall be sight, and the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Even so, it is well with my soul. That's the kind of faith that we need in the Savior as we remember that he's in the ship of life. And whatever the storms might be, there is someone who can step up and say, Peace, be still. And it will be well with our soul. Thirdly, I think we need to look at him at the death of Lazarus. Lazarus and Mary and Martha were very good personal friends of Jesus. They loved each other dearly. Jesus was away. Lazarus became ill and died. Before Jesus could arise, they arrived at the home they'd already buried him. He'd been in the grave for three days. You remember that Jesus deliberately did not go when he could have. And the girl said to Jesus, Lord, had you been here, our brother would not have died. And he said, he's not dead, he's asleep. But as Jesus stood outside that tomb, the scripture says that he wept. Our Lord shed tears for what sin can do to our lives. Death invades our families. Our family circles are broken at times because of the devastation of death. And our world becomes shattered and broken. But listen, the Savior that commands the dead to rise can forgive the sins and the distresses and comfort the soul of the ones who are alive. He is not just a God of the dead, he's a God of the life. And Jesus said to Mary and Martha, the dead in Christ shall rise. It may be that we give up our friends and our loved ones. But listen, we do not give up the Savior of our loved ones. For he is always present with us and those who are dead he will bring back when he comes for his church. But we ask the question, does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And the refrain of that is, oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. You know why I know he cares? Because he cared for Lazarus. He cared for Mary and Martha. He cared for the widow, he cared for the widow of Nain as she took her only son out to bury him. He has a heart of love. And it's that same kind of heart that we need as his children. And I believe we've got it to share with each other and to remember that the Lord is one who weeps when we weep. 
who shares our distresses. Fourthly, I think we need to look at him at Gethsemane and remember, as he said to his disciples, you stay here and pray, I'm going a little further by myself. Wear down upon his knees. I'm going to ask you to get on your knees tonight before this evening's over. Wear down his knees. He prayed unto his Father with the tremendous burden of my sin in his heart and yours. And the sweat that dropped off his face, you remember, was blood. The agony of his prayer was so intense that he sweat blood. I remember an episode in my life when I had gone through a tremendous turmoil. I had to go to my mother and my father and tell them about it. Tremendous task. But the thing I remember was that night down the hall, as I slept, I heard a weeping from the bedroom of my father. I didn't hear my mother cry, but I know she was. But I know what she was doing. She was holding him in her arms. And together they were weeping for me. Because they cared. That's what Jesus was doing in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was caring for you and for me and knowing the tremendous burden of sin that was going to be upon us and his agony of deciding that he will go through with the plan that God had for him to sacrifice his life so that I could have life. I remember him doing it for me. I know he did it for you. Lastly, we could not possibly remember our Lord without remembering the cross. I remember as he went down that road of Jerusalem through the streets carrying his cross that crown of thorns upon his head and the blood dripping from the fresh wounds on his back from the whipping that he had received from the Catalan tails. I remember him being placed there on the ground and laid upon that cross and those huge nails were driven into his hands and to his feet. He didn't weep now. He didn't utter a cry now. He cried in the garden, but not now. For this was the agony that he had agreed to accept. Then they raised that cross and dropped it into that hole with a huge thud that tore his hands and his feet. Those nails. I want you in your mind's heart, in your mind's eye, to stand beneath that cross tonight. Remembering that. Hanging on that cross. Let me read you a poem. It's called Barrett. The last verse is the key.
keys, but listen to it all. They borrowed a bed to lay his head when Christ the Lord came down. They borrowed an ass in the mountain pass when they arrived to town. But the crown that he wore, the cross that he bore, they were his very own. He borrowed the bread when the crowd he fed on the grassy mountainside. He borrowed the dish of broken fish with which he satisfied. But the crown that he wore and the cross that he bore, they were his very own. He borrowed the ship in which to sit to teach the multitude. He borrowed the nest in which to rest. He had never a home so rude. But the crown that he wore and the cross that he bore, they were his very own. They borrowed a room on the way to the tomb, the Passover lamb to eat. They borrowed the cave for him a grave. They borrowed the winding sheet. But the crown that he wore and the cross that he bore, they were his very own. The thorns on his head were worn my stead, for me the Savior died, for the guilt of my sin the nails drove in, with him they crucified. Though the crown alone and the cross were his own, by right they were mine instead, for me he died and was crucified, for me it was that he bled. Can you remember it when he did that? might understand your temptation to sin? Can you remember him in the ship when he was able to calm the storms of life? Remember him at the grave as he wept with those who wept. Remember him in Gethsemane as the blood ran from his face in agony for you and for me, and remember him on the cross as his blood was poured out because he loved us greatly. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.